0: And
1: here
0: we go! Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular. Yep. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I
2: promise I'm not going to sing this time around.
0: Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Welcome to Groundhog Day. Thanks.
2: (laughs) That's how I should have said it.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Groundhog's Day. (laughs) Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm actually really excited to talk about the movie Groundhog Day because this is what started, I think, the whole... (laughs)
1: You Football's did. Day.
0: <laughs> it did because so a little backstory so
2: I always have called groundhog day I almost said it again I've called it groundhogs day like apostrophe s because it is that groundhogs day it is <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil's day and uh, for some reason I have always called it that and then Justin uh, ever so politely pointed out to me that it is singular groundhog day um, and he was right So then flash forward to skipping, skipping, skipping to the uh, Friday Night Lights podcast uh, we did, the episode we did. And I told him a story when I was playing high school football and I had a really awesome game and I, I hit this this kid on when I was playing like kickoff or whatever and I, I hit him over and it was a really cool play. And I, I felt like such a badass and I wanted to say something cool. So I the only thing I could remember was welcome to football. And it made no fucking sense. And I'm sure the guy who I laid out, he probably looked at me and was like, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> even Keep coming, sweetheart. Yeah. There you go. Keep going, sweetheart. I'm drinking Mountain Dews, baby. And uh, so, so, yeah, we kind of evolved it from there. So
1: it's football (laughs) today. So stupid. It's really dumb. If you've been hearing that for the last like eight, nine months, that's that's where it came from. That's
2: the origin story. (laughs) I mean, shit. But we always say like, you know, back in '82, we did sure, that shit sure, all the time sure. too. Pulling dynamite. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I actually really enjoy this movie too. So it'll be it'll be fun to talk about. And there's a lot of fun, you know, things going on with it.
0: So sure, yeah. sure, sure. Can't wait. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching aside from Groundhog Day? So I've still been playing a lot of Skyrim.
2: Um, I think I <laughs> beat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really did um, you go to the like the afterlife and like uh
1: God fight damn with it. your
2: buddies did you an it?
0: afterlife? Yeah, you uh, yeah, I beat the the big dragon
2: Atreyu or whatever his name is Altuin. Uh-huh. Sure. Um I beat him and then um I liberated Skyrim and apparently I picked the wrong faction. <laughs> I picked the uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're allowed to. It's fine.
2: Yeah, um I picked the Empire? Did You pick the Stormcloaks? yeah the storm cloaks yeah so and then we we finally just uh took um solitude so that was kind of cool and then right now i'm in the real estate game i'm trying to look for a house but <laughs> it's uh because yeah. i want to adopt children see and then um sure. but, but i
1: Sky went
0: property is a lot like baltic and mediterranean where it's like <laughs> two <you> bucks <laughs> or <Yeah>. four bucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go and uh, i went to Riften, and there's a mission where you have to go like i don't know uh, strong arm a couple shop owners for some yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. it didn't yeah, work the, guild,
0: the thieves di- guild
2: yeah it didn't work and the girl was like you don't intimidate me so then i took my sword out and i started chopping her and then all the guards attacked me and then i killed guards and and now i can't escape the guards. so i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're
1: fine you can oh, like pay God. like
0: the bounty you can like go to jail and pay the
2: bounty. no but- i've been trying they keep killing me i i i read online you need to sheathe your sword like, pull it out, sheath it again, pull it out, sheath it again. And then they'll be like, all right, you want to go to jail or something like that? Oh, I have a lot of stars on my head already. <laughs> sure. Sure, you got five five,
1: five stars. stars. There's yeah. helicopters in the air. It's bad <laughs> yeah. news. There's dragons yeah, in the air. <laughs> yeah, so you got to
0: defeat uh, the dragon twice. Once at, like, the top of the mountain at the yeah. throat of the world. And then you got to get on, like, you got to do, like, the dragon catapult thingy. Yeah. And then you go into the other world. And then you have buddies fighting along with you to defeat him once and for all. Yeah, did I did that, that part. Yeah, I killed all that. Oh, I did? Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: So would you say that there's no need for me to continue on, really?
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, but the thieves Guild story is actually really good. Mm, okay. But you botched it, I guess. I you don't know like the Nightingale continue. armor. It's really cool.
2: Oh, well, one of the mods I have, you can... Uh, you Can create that, and so sure. I created it. <laughs> sure, that's <laughs> cool. fine. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, no, it's a super fun game. I, I really love the mods that are involved in it. Uh, you know, it's a 10 year old game, so it's crazy that I'm playing it, but um, it's fun. It, it glitches a lot on Xbox, um, on my Series X for some reason. So I quick save a lot because I have learned the hard way that uh, you can lose a lot of your shit because your game wants to crap the bed but yeah, anyway that's interesting so yeah a lot of skyrim uh played some call of duty as well uh played some video games with you that was fun and then um i watched breakdown the kurt russell classic from yeah. 97 it's oh, uh it, it, I, I got a lot of weird hills have eyes vibes from it and it's funny because the lady the, the wife that's in it she's in hills have eyes also she's the mom mm-hmm. yeah. and then i that oh, movie's good. crazy because it could happen to anybody. I know. That's that's what I thought about because I've driven through, like, I don't know if they're in Arizona or wherever the hell they are, but I've driven through places like that, and I'm just kind of like, oh, I, <laughs> I don't like it. So, because yeah, they just saw his nice Jeep Grand Cherokee, and they're like, this guy's got money.
0: Right. So. I would never let my wife go with the dude anyway. Right,
2: right. And, and, and I mean, this is one of those films, you know, if if it were made nowadays we wouldn't have that issue i know that he didn't really have great cell reception but i feel around that area he'd probably have a little better cell reception nowadays and they'd probably figure something out so yeah. you're but you're right i wouldn't be like hey random trucker yes i i will give my my wife to you that yeah. was very Prima odd Nocta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then i watched godzilla cuz i am super pumped about the um godzilla versus kong Movie. I saw the trailer and I just think it looks like a a barrel of fun. Uh, I watched Kong Skull Island last week, so I was like, you know what? I better watch Godzilla and I better watch uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. And I actually liked Godzilla. I thought there were some cheesy parts. Um, I thought a lot of the actors were a little over the top, but I enjoyed it through and through. I really loved how Godzilla looked. He's a badass or she is a badass and how they just kind of did their whole fire and being a cool monster. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. So next next, I will watch Godzilla, King of the Monsters.
0: But yeah, that's all I watch, man. What about you? Did you like how like, uh, what's his name? Ford, I think is the name in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's like traveling all over the world in like record time. <laughs> so I, yeah, I hated that. that. So that was something that
2: was bugging the shit out of me. I'm like, he went to Japan and then he went to Hawaii or like, the, yeah, middle of the ocean and then he went to Hawaii and then he went to... God like knows ba- where. Vegas like or Vegas? Or and you know? then he went to San Francisco. And I'm like, what? And the fact that he's just like, hey, I'm, I'm military. I'm going to join you. And they they took him on his word. I'm like, what? Don't you have to share like an ID or something like that? <laughs> don't you have to Turn have the a, sword, stamp, a, a stamp to get in? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Where are your papers? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, he just, he was just like, hey, I'm a lieutenant. And they're like, oh, hey, sir, how's it going? I'm like, fuck, that's that easy? You've got a stormed Area 51 by now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, (laughs) I'll tell you
1: what, I do declare,
2: but I watched it on TNT and God damn it. I've complained about that app before. It is awful. It had probably, uh, so it has 160 seconds of commercials and, uh, there, there were probably 10 commercial breaks in this two hour movie and they're so loud. The movie's really quiet, uh, just because they're audio issues, but the commercials are so fucking loud. And I was, I was angry. I almost turned it off because of that. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> what did you watch?
0: Uh, something similar. I watched. No, I watched Nightcrawler because we were going to do this week's episode on Nightcrawler. It was called out on the Twitter there, like, "Hey, you should do Nightcrawler." So I fucking watch it, and then I'm like, "Shit, Groundhog Day is actually like tomorrow kind of thing." So uh, we had to change it up. So Nightcrawler is still going to be done, but we will just have to do that next week. So thank yeah. you for that. And then uh, I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, just to kind of remind me of what's happening in the world of monsters. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, got to keep up with the Joneses, as it were. <laughs> and then I watched uh, True Romance, which I love. It's an awesome movie. And I also watched Reservoir Dogs. Watched that on Saturday. Yeah. it was kind of my... Uh, i had been playing video games all day and I needed a like, sort of a detox. And so I watched Reservoir Dogs. It's
2: good. You got an ID or something that says you're 18? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you need to watch the other eight
0: Tarantino movies after that. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a lot. I mean, I, ha- I watched Django quite a bit. At least like the first hour. I always watch the first hour. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> all the way up until like they blow up the carriage and then they decide to go on the mission to save his wife. Hildy and so that's when I stopped because I well, as soon as I see like that the title card come up for Mississippi I'm just like I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dirty I fucking hate it
1: and so yeah. I stop but
0: you know yeah, anyway you uh are you ready to move on hell yeah all right it's like record timing right now so this week again we're going to be doing Groundhog Day came out in 1993 directed by the legendary Harold Ramis who actually passed away in 2014. Speaking of of Godzilla, that came out in 2014, and that's when Harold Ramis died. Sad. Uh, You might know him, obviously, as Egon Spangler from Ghostbusters, but he actually has directed uh, multiple films, including Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Multiplicity, which is a... Fucking funny ass movie. So if you haven't seen Multiplicity, so definitely check
1: it out. I like and, pizza. And, yeah. I, you know what I always say when someone does me a favor? I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you something. And because uh, that's what he says to number four. And he's like, a chainsaw? And he's like, or a book. <laughs> uh, and they also did analyze
0: this Billy Crystal and Bobby De Niro. Bobby D, as it were.
1: <laughs> Leroy. Yeah. Uh, the film was written by Danny Rubin. Aw, woman. Come on. Uh, And and Harold Ramis. It's like the story of the hippo. Hippo. (laughs) I'm not familiar with that story. (laughs) Um, Anyway,
0: uh, the film stars Bill Murray, who is apparently a... Sex symbol in the '80s and early I '90s, know. which is weird.
2: It's very weird.
1: It gives guys, it gives guys like us hope, right? <laughs> or right. guys like me hope, I should say. Sure, sure. I shop is big and tall. I know what's up. Andy <laughs> McDowell, Chris Elliott, who is
0: one of the funniest human beings on the planet. He is such oh an underrated God. comedian. I love Chris Elliott so much, and it's like a love or hate for a lot of people. And uh, I think he's brilliant, and uh,
2: I love Chris Elliott. I think anyone who's seen Shit's Creek knows that Chris Elliott is is just phenomenal. He's yeah, so I think that funny that in helps. that show. He sure. is so funny in that show. But he's been in so many like amazing roles that we haven't. E- he's in Wagon's East, right? He's in either like Wagon's East or one of those movies.
0: It's like uh, Cabin Boy or something like that. He
2: is in Cabin Boy, but he's in a couple other ones. Yeah, he's so funny, and he's the Tanny Hand in Scary
0: Movie Two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is, but I'm I'm gonna lick it anyway. <laughs>
1: It's I ordered so in for dessert. Oh, Dave and I will say my germs when oh, we're eating food. It's pretty great. gross. Yeah,
0: I and mean, we don't touch each other's food or anything. We just like to say it. <laughs> there you go. You know that old
1: chestnut. You also
0: got Stephen Tabolowski, Tabolowski, I guess. Brian Doyle Murray and Angela Patton. Uh, as far as critical reception goes, I would love to show up, but my hand was stuck in my thermos. Oh, please. <laughs>
1: True story, there's a little loop and my finger got stuck. <laughs> That's my mouse hand. I can't click with my my other hand. Take my strong hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Mike Massey, we like this guy. Gone with the twins, I guess, is his lovely <laughs> <What>? little outlet. <laughs> That's what it says. True story. This is the this is the 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 rotten tomatoes there. And this movie is certified fresh. It's coming at a whopping
0: 96% on the old tomato meter. And the audience score is 88%. So people genuinely adore this film. But uh, back to Mr. Mike Massey. One of the rare cinematic occasions when extreme repetition only gets funnier. Don't I know it? Richard Propes from the independentcritic.com says. A great comedy with a solid message that doesn't hinder the delivery of the comedy. Where well, you go? Yeah. Oh. We like we like solid messages. Clear, solid messages. I don't want to think too hard. <laughs> yeah. Message. Yeah. Message like mail, motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> love that movie. Anyway, uh, there was I found one. I had to like dig deep. I was like fucking digging tunnels over here to find a negative review and I found one from David Nusser from film real film reviews it says dot 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 the film's forgettable padded out nature confirms its place as a promising yet disposable high concept comedy two out of four huh wow damn 50% 50%. they can go to hell they can go to hell and (laughs) make a die (laughs) that's uh that's brutal I have to disagree with you there, uh, David. But uh, anyway, uh, the budget for the film was $14.6 million. Opening weekend, it pulled in a whopping 12.5. And that was on February 14th, 1993. Perfect wow. Valentine's movie. Gross- February is usually, oh, I'm sorry, real quick. February is usually kind of a, a
2: weird time for film. There's not many good movies that come out January and February. So, yeah, interesting. Sorry. Sorry. All right, are you
0: finished? Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> <laughs> what a creepy <trippy> audience. <laughs> the film grossed 70 million, 70.9 million in the United States. And uh, that's all we have because the worldwide gross is the same number and it's basically all lies. Yeah, there you go. What kind of trivia do you got? This movie has to be loaded with trivia.
2: Oh, yeah. So much trivia. Uh, So Harold Ramis originally wanted Tom Hanks for the lead role, but decided against it saying that Hanks was too nice. Now, I beg to differ because I think if Tom Hanks played his role like he did in that thing you do where he's like a no nonsense kind of blah, 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 you know, he could have done a really good job with it. And Tom Hanks is funny. I think he would have done a good job with this. But I, I mean, You know, that's all hogwash anyways, because Bill Murray was cast fantastically in this movie and it is one of his signature roles. So therein lies the issue. Uh, Bill Murray was offered a spit bucket for the dinner for the diner scene where he gorges himself on pastries, but he refused. The angel food cake in particular caused him to feel sick soon afterwards. And I don't like that part. (laughs) I remember seeing that when I was a kid and I like cake. I've just never liked white cake for some reason. We'll be having and white white cake, <laughs> uh, and for some reason that cake looks so disgusting to me, and it's even grosser that he shoves the entire thing in his mouth. <laughs> I was oh, I was not a fan
0: of that. So, have you I seen mean, Young Guns yeah. two?
2: No, I saw Young Guns
0: a long time ago, but no, I haven't seen. In Young, Young Guns, Guns two, there's this butler guy named Pendleton, and he's the butler for like the a little we'll calm administrative assistant to the governor, <laughs> and he goes to get a. Emilio Estevez, he goes to get the kid some cake, and he's like, ah, Pendleton, the the white cake with the sweet frost. Yeah. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. no white cake. I'll do chocolate or carrot or German chocolate. Oh, okay. so Young Guns 2 is fucking awesome. We should do the Young That's Guns what? movies.
2: i right, would not opposed. Um, like yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, so if, it, if it's streaming, let's do it. So uh, anyways, the idea of Phil reading to Rita while she sleeps came from Bill Murray himself. His wife drank too much champagne on their wedding night and fell asleep early. So Murray read aloud to her until he too fell asleep. What a sweetheart. Wow. While filming the kidnapping Phil scene, Bill Murray spontaneously improvised the line, don't drive angry, don't drive angry, to cover the fact that the groundhog, which he was holding onto in his lap, was agitated and trying to escape by climbing over the steering wheel. And I noticed that. A moment later, the groundhog bit Murray's hand so badly, he had to seek medical treatment. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Phil's a real piece of shit. Um, in the course of the film, Phil endures uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five, stage, five stages, uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis says, Danny Rubin actually took El- Elizabeth Kubler-Ross as a model, her five stages of death and dying, and we use that as a template for Bill Murray's progress. And that makes a lot of sense. I was thinking about that as I was watching this, uh, the different stages he goes through. I thought they were a uh, crux to the film. And then finally, according to the website Wolfnards, Bill Murray spends eight years, eight months, and sixteen days trapped in Groundhog Day. The movie Truth Review series calculated Murray spent four thousand five hundred seventy-six days, twelve years, six months, and eleven days stuck in the loop. While the website Obsessed with Film claims he was trapped twelve thousand four hundred three days, just under thirty-four years, in order to account for becoming a master piano player, ice sculptor, ice sculptor, etc. Now, that one's interesting because Harold Ramis is on record for saying it would take Phil about 10 years to accomplish all of this. So somewhere in between the first two numbers is 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 more accurate um, because, I mean, he could master a few different piano songs. He doesn't have to m- master all of them. Dude, I can play Mary Had a Little Lamb on the Black Keys. That's how hey, pro I am. I can play Hot Cross Buns. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I can play the Halloween theme song. Uh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Synopsis time. Oh, can you really? That's cool. I like the part when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a synthesizer, so I can't do that. <laughs> but you can do Yeah, it's not very hard. It's like two
0: or three keys. Yeah, it's like three notes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Cons- but then I like, I like when John. I
0: mean, yeah. There you go. I like it when it gets all. Bwah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it gets heavy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: that'll chestnut. That'll chestnut. So on February 1st, television weatherman Phil Connors reassures his Pittsburgh viewers that an approaching blizzard will miss Western Pennsylvania. Alongside his producer Rita Hansen and cameraman Larry, Phil travels to Punxsutawney for his annual coverage of the Groundhog Day festi- festivities. Phil makes no secret of his contempt for the assignment, the small town, and the Hicks who live there, asserting that he will soon be leaving his station for a new job on the home shopping network. <laughs> on february 2nd phil awakens in the cherry tree inn to sunny and shares i got you babe playing on the clock radio he gives a half-hearted performance uh, reporting on the groundhog punxsutawney phil and the festivities despite phil's prediction the blizzard strikes the area preventing all travel out of town uh, phil desperately searches for a way to leave but is forced to spend the night in punxsutawney the next morning, Phil wakes to "I Got You, Babe" and the same DJ banter on the radio. Phil experiences the previous day's events repeating exactly, repeating exactly, and believes he is experiencing déjà vu. He again unsuccessfully attempts to leave the town and retires to bed. When he awakes, it's again February second. Phil gradually realizes that he is trapped in a time loop and no one else is aware that no one else is aware of. He confides his situation to Rita, who directs him to a neurologist, who in turn directs him to a psychologist, and neither can explain his experiences. Phil gets drunk with locals Gus and Ralph and then leads the police on a high-speed car chase before being arrested and imprisoned. The following Who else mor- could
1: go for some flapjacks flap, it? Right <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is it too early for flapjacks? <laughs> <laughs> the following morning, Phil awakens in the Cherry Tree Inn. <laughs> Realizing that there are no consequences for his actions, he begins spending loops, indulging in binge eating, one-night stands, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy, was her last name? Nancy Taylor? Yeah. yeah. One night stands, robbery, and other dangerous activities, using his increasing knowledge of the day's events and the town residents to manipulate circumstances to his advantage. Phil eventually focuses on seducing Rita, using the loops to learn more about her so he can try to sleep with her. Regardless of his actions, Rita rebuffs his advances, particularly when Phil tells her he loves her. Rita asserts that he does not even know her. Phil gradually becomes depressed and desperate for a way to escape the loop, He commits suicide in a variety of ways, even kidnapping Punxsutawney Phil and driving them both off a cliff. Each time he awakens on February 2nd to I Got You Babe, he eventually tries to uh, explain his situation to Rita again, using his detailed knowledge of the day to accurately predict events. Convinced, Rita spends the rest of the day's loop with Phil. She encourages him to think of the loops as a blessing instead of a curse. Lying on the bed together at night, Phil Phil realizes that his feelings for Rita have become sincere. He wakes alone on February 2nd. Phil decides to use his knowledge of the loops to change himself and others. He saves people from deadly accidents and misfortunes and learns to play the piano, sculpt ice, and speak French. Regardless of his actions, he is unable to save a homeless man from death. That part was so sad. During one loop, Phil reports on the Groundhog Day festivities with such eloquence that the other reporters defer to his speech. Amazing Rita. What? Defer to his speech. Amazing Rita. Oh, defer to his speech, which amazes Rita, I should say. Phil continues his day helping the people of Punxsutawney. That night, Rita witnesses Phil's expert piano playing skills as the Adarine townsfolk regale her with stories of his good deeds. Impressed with Phil's apparent overnight transformation, Rita successfully bids for him at a charity bachelor auction. Phil carves an ice ice sculpture in Rita's visage and tells her that no matter what happens, even if he is doomed to continue waking alone each morning forever, he wants her to know that he is finally happy because he loves her. They retire to Phil's room. Phil wakes the next morning to, I got you, babe, but finds Rita is still in his bed with him and the radio banter has changed it is now February 3rd Phil tells Rita that he wants to live in Punxsutawney with her end of movie so all right Groundhog Day pretty simple plot you know the old chestnut of time loop it's been done before but um yeah Justin when did you first see this movie uh how many total times have you seen it and what are your thoughts
0: uh yeah so I saw it in 93 I don't remember seeing it in the theater though i may have i don't remember seeing it in a theater though <clears throat> so we'll say i didn't we'll say i watched it on video cassette and uh, i was definitely in junior high so yeah it would have been 93 and then i've seen it 100 times i love this movie every time it's on tv i would just watch it uh, i own it and uh until yesterday the last time i watched it was uh the week i had just moved back to california I had to fly up to Oakland for a wedding and I go into my hotel room and wouldn't you know it, the movie just started I, and I couldn't put it down. I, <laughs> I was like, okay, Groundhog Day. So I watched it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What are your thoughts, are your are your th- thoughts on it? Oh, it has, my thoughts on yeah. the movie? Oh yeah. I mean, they, they haven't changed. I laugh uh, a ridiculous amount when I watch this movie. I, know, I pretty much know it by heart at this point, uh, but it's still fun to see. I mean, Bill Murray just has a way of, being so mean and cynical in this movie that it it just works, and he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a dick in real life, so it kind of works. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, he's an interesting character. I mean, I've read so many stories where even when they did like the Ghostbusters reunion with uh, Entertainment Weekly, he was like three hours late, and everyone's just kind of waiting for him to show up, and then he comes in the room like nothing even happened. Like, hey, what's going on, guys? What an asshole! So, <laughs> it's just that's just the kind of guy he is, I guess. So. Crazy. why do
2: we why do we love his movies so much <laughs> He's a funny dude he is very funny and he just has such a dry sense of humor to him but it, it, it just works in so many right. ways
0: it's, it's yeah, hilarious he's, he's brilliant.
2: but yeah for me it's I, I don't remember the exact first time I saw this but it was probably on like TNT or TBS or something like that uh, and I do remember watching it on on TV with commercials um I honestly, uh, I watched it yesterday and that was the first time that I really remember understanding and remembering every moment from the film because it has been quite a while since I've seen this. And it was one of those movies that I'm like, have I seen this all the way through? But I de- <laughs> I, I definitely have. I know I definitely have. Um, I just don't think I could, I could have told you a single line from the movie other than like, you know, Ned Ryerson, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, But uh, otherwise, yeah, I I do remember. Ned Ryerson. Yeah, he's so
1: funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. (laughs) (laughs) I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school (laughs) talent show. Bang. Got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost didn't graduate. Bang again. I did hit your sister Mary Pat a couple times until you told me not to anymore. Well, (laughs) he's like, Ned Ryerson. Bang. (laughs) Bang. so (laughs) great
2: my favorite part is when um he hugs ned after he has kind of the the moment of elation towards the end of the movie and he just hugs him he's like ned ryerson he goes can you call him sick today <laughs> we can the rest of the day. he's like um i have to go it's <laughs> yeah. so funny that i was down uh, yeah, it's okay. so funny my other favorite part in the movie was when well we can talk about it later uh so yeah anyways um you know i've i, I like this movie uh it it it's a good one it's the to date it's the only movie that i know that is uh, about groundhog day unless there's some other movie i i, I am not thinking of but yeah it's a, it's it's a good concept that has been adapted into other mediums and other genres i should say uh but yeah it's bill murray man it's hard it's hard to beat bill murray
0: yeah, you know, I'm not too fond of like holiday movies. You know, like Valentine's Day movies or I, I don't think there's too many Memorial Day movies. I guess <laughs> Pearl Harbor <laughs> was when the movie came out. Or did it come out? Uh, did Pearl Harbor come out? Was that a Memorial uh, Day summer blockbuster movie, like a Michael Bay kind of thing? I don't yeah, know. I mean been. I realized I realized that Pearl Harbor was in December, but um I feel like it came out in on Memorial Day, um, but
2: Transformers uh, always came out during Memorial Day. That's what I remember, at least. Right, pretty, pretty but sure. I mean,
0: I mean, just movies. I'm getting off topic. I, I just for whatever reason, Pearl Harbor popped in my head. But I feel like any type of movie that that focuses on those holidays, like like Christmas, there's so many fucking Christmas movies out there, and I there's only a handful that I really really enjoy. But it's just like it's like low hanging fruit that never really pays off.
2: You mean like Wonder Woman eighty four? How f- for some freaking reason it was Christmas at the end made no goddamn sense. <laughs> right, so stupid. You're like
1: oh yeah, Christmas. Who knew? <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, um, so yeah, so Annie McDowell, she's uh, she's really interesting. Um, when I looked on IMDb, her top movies are this, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, she has sorry, really quick. Let's say,
1: um there you go so by the sex... way by, real quick i'm sorry pearl harbor did come out on um, may 25th 2001 <laughs> <laughs> nice perfect yeah. i mean I, I didn't doubt you you i did, i started video. to doubt myself i'm like well it is
0: a december type thing so i don't know yeah weird. so like
2: i was saying so she's been in you know four weddings and a funeral hudson hawk sex lies and videotape And then Groundhog Day. Uh, She has been in other movies as well. Like, she's in Multiplicity, correct? Yeah, she's the wife. Yeah, she's the wife. So, and she's been in some here and there, Muppets from Space. Um, The thing about her, though... Oh, and Bad Girls. That was a cool movie.
0: She was in that movie that you just... That you like with the Ready or Not, wasn't she in that? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, she was the mom. I really... So... uh, well, this kind of goes into what I'm saying. So she's she's interesting. I don't know if I've ever really been sold on her as like a leading lady or someone who I'm just like, man, she did such a good job. And I don't think she's a bad actor by any stretch. I mean, she'd kick my ass. But she's just so kind of plain and vanilla in most of her work. I, am I making an outlandish statement or how do you feel about that?
0: I I think that's accurate because, I mean, even when I was a boy, I, I feel like every movie that she was in... I mean, I always liked the movies that she was in. It was like Hudson Hawk. That was when I was a kid. Uh, Groundhog Day, kind of around the same time. Bad Girls. Multiplicity Michael. Yeah, it's all movies that I enjoy, but I don't know if she was necessarily the reason why I enjoyed it. So, I, I mean, that makes sense. And she had that curly hair oh, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And. Signature. It, I don't. Yeah, but I mean, it was like 80s curly, and I don't think that that helps anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think like looking at her now, she looks amazing. You know, she's she's beautiful. But I mean, that's obviously, that's an objective point of view. But I'm just like, oh, yeah, look at how hot she is. But um, the movies that she's in, she was very selective on her roles. But they're all kind of different. You know, like Sex, Lies and Videotape and is completely different than, than Hudson Hawk, or bad girls which is a western is completely different than than groundhog day you know so i mean she's made this different types of movies over the career so i mean she definitely picks and chooses her roles and what she wants to do which i think is a good thing
2: yeah and fun fact her daughter was uh the hippie girl in once upon a time in hollywood oh my god the one that is the one that gets in the
0: car Yep. Yeah,
2: that was uh, her daughter. Yeah. When you watch it again, you'll you'll see the resemblance. Uh, yeah,
0: and I can see it now. I can picture I can't get that girl out of my head. I hate how <laughs> gross and dirty she is in that film. <laughs> Their
2: armpit hair. She's really pretty, but yeah. Oh, I'm
0: sure. Yeah.
2: Um yeah, I mean to see so... dirty
0: hippies bunch, of, bunch <laughs> of fucking hippies. Fucking hippies.
2: <laughs> Turn this piece of shit around right now and get her. <laughs> sip.
0: Oh, sip.
2: Oh man. <laughs> That's like the career defining moment of 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 Leo right there.
1: Amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> he takes a drink <laughs> on the street. And this is
0: incredible. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I agree. She's she's on she's interesting because um there's another actor, uh, Madeline Stowe. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah.
2: her. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was also in wasn't she also in um Bad Girls? I
0: I'll check while you, while you finish your... your yeah, your so I mean, she's also just someone that picks and chooses her roles pretty carefully and she's not in everything. And uh, and uh, she's beautiful. Yeah, she is in Bad Girls, by the way. Yeah, Cody Zamora. Um,
1: but when I was young, I was like, man, are they like the same person? Because <laughs> yeah. like, they just kind of popped up every now and again. Uh, I mean, looking at them now, they don't really look anything alike, but I mean, when you're a kid you're like, oh yeah, it's that one lady. But Madeline Stowe is
0: also great. You know, she was in like um 12 Monkeys and um last uh yeah, Last, of Mohicans. last of Mohicans and then she was also in this one with Kurt Russell where he's like being stalked by Ray Liotta. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Ray Liotta's like a cop
1: and uh I forget what it's called, but uh Short, it's, it Shortcuts?
0: No, that's not unlawful it. entry. Unlawful entry, that's it. Yeah. Oh man, mm. I saw that in the theater and I was like, "The oh, fuck, this is crazy." <laughs> Um, makes you not. I mean, there's a million reasons not to like the police, and unlawful entry will definitely, uh, you can chalk that up in the cons column for the police, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. That's, that, that's that's funny because they actually
2: do look very similar. They're both beautiful, but they, they yeah they, they look they look similar. And and they, I mean, had, they yeah. had to prove the
1: world that they were two different people by being in the same movie. <laughs> there you go. Very young Drew
2: Barrymore is in that movie too. Uh, bad bad girls. But um, I just I, I'm not I'm again I'm not saying she's a bad actor. I just think that it's like oh yeah, Andy McDowell and. I mean, I guess that fits really well for for Bill Murray, because like we were just saying, we didn't know what a sex symbol B- Bill Murray was. <laughs> and right. so it just it works. And and she is a very kind person in the movie. So it, she does a good job. And that's how I imagine she is in real life. But I don't know. She's got that kind of South Carolina is, accent.
0: Yeah, she is pretty great. I listened to her on uh, the Inside of You podcast with Michael Rosenbaum, and she mm-hmm. was delightful.
2: Oh, see, that's great. So then I, I will change my views on Miss McDowell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen or talked about her since Groundhog Day, yeah. and listening to this podcast, it was it was actually really brilliant. Like she goes, kind of goes through what she's been doing for the last twenty years, and uh, she's finding woman uptown all the way.
2: Nice, good for her. So, well, okay, Justin, you know, what would be your worst groundhog day situation to be stuck in? Like, let's say you are Phil Connors. Phil. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and, and you're, you're stuck in this, in this situation. Now, what would be the worst, uh, type of situation for you? How long would it take you to realize that your life is
0: on repeat and what kind of stuff, you know, maybe would you do? (laughs) So... You know, this whole Punxsutawney vibe is not my scene. Like, I can't do that. The closest thing I have to even equating to it is the town of Leavenworth in Washington.
1: I love Leavenworth. I (laughs) I know.
0: Most people do. But when I got there, the first thing I thought of was Groundhog Day. I
1: was like, dude, we're
0: in in fucking Punxsutawney right now. And everyone's having a good time. They're singing along. There's the Christmas tree lighting ceremony and and there's chestnuts those are a real thing i had no idea what a chestnut was until i saw a guy with a cart selling them and you know it's it's got this this crazy vibe where everyone's got like some kind of like stein in their hands it's a really really a weird place and i hated every second of it and like i literally thought to myself the entire time like this is my
1: nightmare i can't i can't be here right now <laughs> i'm going to pretend that there's isn't a dog on my on my sofa because my brain can't even process that right now were you eating my chestnuts (laughs) (laughs) yeah so for me just as
0: from as from a locale standpoint i would say that that if i got stuck in in the town of leavenworth i would flip my fucking lid and i just can't can't do it i hate all the i'm so grinch and bah humbug when it comes to christmas (laughs) that it would just freak me the fuck out i couldn't do it and I would know immediately, by the way, the second I woke up, I would be like, fucking groundhog, this is happening. <laughs> I knew it. Got to get out of here. And I I would I would try everything in my power to end it. Would and you? I realized that I would have to find, it would be, I'm the asshole and the, I'm the problem. I would have to accept it and I would have to help everybody. And that would be even worse because I'd be like, God damn it.
2: Would you do any of the illegal things that he did, like steal money or I don't know, test your limits on
0: things? I don't know because I don't I don't think I could. I'm not a I'm not a thief. (laughs) Yeah. And I realize that there's like, you know, there's no consequences and you're just gonna die and wake up the next day. But it's something about stealing is just always so dirty to me. I can't do it.
2: Yeah. I uh, I mean I agree. That's I think you you and I both have that that
0: moral compass. But
2: I mean, if you're in there for ten years, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: I can't really say. But I mean, I think that I would start. I would definitely try the whole dating game, like just meeting people and getting to know them and know everything about them. I think that would be kind of fun, and then doing some sort of parlor trick where I'm able to tell everyone like their fortune. I could be Miles Fortune Teller and. <laughs> And <laughs> tell everybody what they what they know and things of that nature. Where they've been, I think that'd be kind of cool. It's but my I would ex-fiance. definitely learn how to, <laughs> Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very really funny. Uh, he's like one adult and uh, <laughs> two adults. <please. laughs> two adults. <laughs> but I would definitely try and learn an instrument
0: because I think that is the coolest thing ever. I have this ridiculous daydream where. Uh, much like Phil, where I can just play a piano. I go into a party, it's like a black tie affair, and there's just this piano that's sitting there that no one's touching. And I just sit down and start playing a couple of tunes, and then everyone starts getting into it, and then the whole place is just in an uproar, and we're just rocking out, and it's me on the piano. And I always thought that would be the coolest goddamn thing. I would love to do that, and I don't know how to play the piano. Minus Mary Had a Little Lamb on Black Keys. <laughs> I could do that all fucking day, but... um, yeah, so I would definitely learn to play an instrument whether it was uh whatever's available in in the town of Leavenworth in it's Christmas time. <laughs>
1: Prefer Leavenworth, Leavenworth yeah,
2: though. Man, I do like Leavenworth. I I think I agree with you though. It'd be hard with the small town vibe to to do it because you can only have that slice of cake, angel food cake from the diner so many times. So that would be weird. I like Christmas a lot. I don't like all the consumerism around it because that's what Christmas is. But I do
0: like all the pageantry and all the magic. But sure. But uh, yeah. But you know, just, repetition doesn't really bother me that much because like mm-hmm. we were watching Imagination or whatever, Imaginarium on, on Disney Plus where it's like kind of going over all the, 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 through the years of the theme park and like basically the creation of Disneyland. And it's really cool. But when they got to It's a Small World, Alex is like, oh my God, I hate that ride. I'm like, what? Are you nuts? It's like the fucking greatest. And she's like, are you insane? I'm like, how cool is that going to all these different countries and seeing all these
1: kids in like these outfits? She's like, Justin, you're insane. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it really doesn't bother me. Like, I don't, I, it's like a feel good ride for me. So, what a normal human being, that song drives them crazy and makes their skin crawl. But me, I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm air guitar and it's a small world while I'm on the ride.
2: <laughs> There you go. I'm not a huge fan of that ride, but I've only been on it like twice. And so I don't know.
0: It's I'm
2: I'm like a five out of ten for me. I'm like whatever. Change your life.
0: (laughs) Well see, my grandmother really enjoyed it. And the the, I remember when she was um she was like eighty five and we went to Disneyland one last time with her and just being on the ride with her just made such a deal. Like she was like overwhelmed with joy. She hadn't been on it for so long. And uh, she loved every second of it. And she was like on this wheelchair and they have like this special like apparatus thing that that they put on the it's like a platform that they put on the boat and then they just wheel her on and she's like fastened in. She's like on top of the boat. like, nice. like Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> king of the world kind of thing. It's pretty great. But it was just cool seeing my grandma be happy on that ride. So, I mean, I think even that has a tremendous impact on my impression of the ride. I just uh, knowing that she loves it so much makes me love it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good.
2: That's good to hear.
0: So, um, you know, the, I,
2: I talked about the Groundhog Day situation, but uh, the aptly named Groundhog Day scenario or time loop narrative, it's been done in countless other films since this movie's inception. So this movie came out in 93. It has been done in several other movies, like one of my favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Happy Death Day source code and most recently Palm Springs. Those are just a few examples. Are you tired Justin? Are you tired of this trope or does it does it keep working for you? Uh, what other style or what other genre
0: would you like to kind of see it in? Wow um, so I'm personally I'm not tired of it. I think Groundhog Day probably did it best for me. Uh, maybe that was the first one ever I don't know but I definitely enjoy it as a comedy. And um Edge of Tomorrow was definitely um uh, Groundhog Day on on roids right? Like it yeah. was a totally different kind of movie, but at the same time it was also, you know, pretty clever and on the on point with Groundhog Day to Even where like Bill Paxton's like, Who the fuck is this guy? How does he know everything? <laughs> yeah. You're like I thought that was sudden. Any sort of comedy element that comes from it is always funny. And I'm sure Death Day is the same way. Uh source code, I don't remember laughing once. That's kind of a depressing movie. Yeah. And especially the end, that was awful. That reveal, I was like, Jesus Christ! I know.
1: And Palm Springs was funny too. I, I thought that was a hoot. Like when J.K. Simmons just shows up with a fucking bow and arrow. You're like, what is oh happening my God. right now?
2: This so nuts. cool. Yeah, know
1: I I thought I thought it was
2: great. I thought they were both so great in that movie in Palm Springs. But
0: yeah, so and like, I had no idea. I had no idea what Palm Springs was when I saw it though. I, I Dave said watch Palm Springs. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. And so it was a complete surprise to me. I think when you know that it's going to be a time loopy movie, then that can have some sort of impact on your expectations
2: hmm. Well, and with Edge of Tomorrow, I went into it not really knowing anything about it. And I was so happy. And it's I've seen that movie probably like 15 times. I love Edge of Tomorrow. I think it's it's brilliant. Um, it, it's just like a video game, though, for me. And their their emphasis is more on um, killing yourself and, and redoing it. Right. So like resetting because that's the whole idea for, for the graphic novel. It was essentially based off of the idea of a video game. And so I absolutely love that movie um and happy death day has the same kind of premise it was neat to see happy death day as a horror film but it's kind of like a dark comedy horror film because there's a lot of the the comedic elements but you're you're right like there's comedy in, in essentially all of these movies except maybe minus source code
0: right and so i don't know what other genre i could see it in maybe if it was like a mob movie where a guy just kept getting killed That'd that'd be cool. That might be kind of neat where he's he's being ratted on, but maybe he didn't really maybe he wasn't really a rat and he was getting killed and he's got to find a way to to make it right so he doesn't get killed. I don't know. That might be interesting because all the horrible ways that monsters killed
1: people. If you like like,
0: 10%. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what if they did the old uh, cement shoe trick and oh throw my him in god? The river yeah. And, yeah.
0: And then cutting his throat with like the piano wire and strangling him or shooting him up or whatever. I mean, all kinds of horrible different deaths in, in a mob movie, but I think that might be kind of cool. That would be yeah. I, I mean I definitely
2: watch it. You and I both like the mob film, so that would be yeah, it's a different element. And I think you're right, the time loop thing is it's not it's not new necessarily. I don't know if Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day was the first to do it. I think it was the first mainstream movie to do it because uh, Danny Rubin used other short stories um, and from you know the past, and um, it's I like think the Story of the Hippo. Yeah, there you go. And I think that uh, sci-fi it could easily be done, but that just wouldn't be as. I mean, Source Code is kind of sci-fi. It wouldn't be. And so is Edge of Tomorrow. E- uh, yeah yeah there's aliens you can tell I, me it's not science fiction <laughs> I mean but aliens exist bro no there's bullets and there's blood and there's babes um, triple B but oh man Emily Blunt she's gorgeous. gorgeous and she's such a badass she's like oh she's such a badass her big ass sword with like the helicopter blade." helicopter blade, blade. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. it's incredible. So I mean, I, it would be kind of cool to see it in more horror films because I really liked Happy Death Day. I thought that was great. Um, a western could always be good, you know, like you could kind of see what's happening with that. But I, yeah, I don't really have any answers for that per se. But I do want to follow up on kind of what you said. So you 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 mentioned that all of them have comedic elements for the most part, uh, and then it, additionally, each of those said films that I mentioned above, they involve a a love. Um, kind of aspect to it where the main characters in it, the two main characters, they fall in love or lust with each other. Uh, why is this? Because like in every single one of those movies, the main characters have a, a relationship. Does this just kind of come with the territory of a time loop film?
0: I f- well, I think it has a lot to just do with there was this, this formula of a movie where you have to have a male lead, you have to have a female lead and the two are going to have fall in love with each other. I think that was just, a, a formula that was in Hollywood for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> it wasn't until you had that Glengarry Glenn Ross or Twelve Angry Men where there was just a bunch of dudes on TV. <laughs> but I mean, I think that I think that so many movies is just part of the formula where guy meets girl or girl meets guy and they fall in love and then they have some sort of falling out and then they end up back together again. That's just the way it the stories are told. And I think whether Uh, it's, it's in a movie or even in real life, you know, that if, if you go to work every day and there's someone there that's attractive and maybe you're both attracted to each other, there's going to be some sort of tension that exists between the two of you. Um, and I, I think that it's relatable in some ways. So I don't think it necessarily has to be because it's a, it's a time loopy movie. I just think that when you spend that much time with somebody, feelings might start to arise.
2: Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That's a, that's a, that's a good, good answer. I don't really, I I was more worried that that like just has to be the formula for these movies where the time loop scenario just is a time for self-reflection and we always have a flawed character to start with. And at the end of the day, one or one or both flawed characters, you know, turn to the, bright side and they right they they come to christmas goose for everyone (laughs) yeah to my brother george the richest man in town and then tears tears not a dry eye in this in the theater or uh, from home i should say
0: (laughs) don't i know it
2: so um and and so you were talking about it earlier too so phil he uh he's a dick you know plain and simple he's sarcastic he's sardonic and he's just downright unpleasant to be around you justin do you know anyone like this who could probably benefit from trading places with phil in a time loop scenario uh do you think this would actually change them or would they go back to the way they were and you can't say me (laughs) no uh, no
0: not at all um i don't know so i think my my dad probably could benefit from a time loop scenario uh he's made a lot of mistakes in his life and he he's not a bad person. He just makes a lot of bad decisions. And I think uh, the hard part is you have to, it's okay to make a mistake as long as you learn from it. Right. But (laughs) if you're incapable of learning from these mistakes, then it's, it's going to be a tough sell. But if I, if I had, if I had to say anyone, I would probably say my father. I think that, uh, it was maybe on, on a wing of prayer, he might be able to pull off some sort of lesson. But uh, he's had a long time on this planet, and he continues to just do whatever he can to be that guy. And I don't know if if seven years, ten years, twelve years, or a hundred years stuck in the same day is going to make a difference with him.
2: interesting. Wow. I mean, you and I talked about it um game. you know, like, do people change and so i don't want to go into that too much but yeah. Yeah, unless, I, you're I, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're
1: rocky unless you're rocking for <laughs> you ain't got no change in happening
2: no yeah you got to train train by climbing
0: up the mountain see sure but i mean and yeah. yeah. just look at so anyone that's that's a recovering addict uh you know they're trying really hard to change but i think deep down they might change their behavior but they are who they are and it's a struggle every single day whether it be the first day of sobriety or the 10,000th day, it's a struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's really hard. I mean, I don't think they have changed. They've just changed their behavior.
2: Right. Well, and I think that this movie, even though it's a comedy, it goes pretty deep and it has a lot of good moments. Um, the message itself is just is is really good. It's not overly funny. I, I wasn't I wasn't, you know laughing and, and side-splitting humor or whatever what am I trying to say I wasn't laughing until I was crying but it definitely had funny moments in, in quotable <laughs> lines right but it's yeah. it's just w- one of those movies though that it benefited from its story because it's about it's close to two hours long but it benefited from its story and we, we ultimately see this this Scrooge this you know asshole Phil Connors who learns to be a selfless man at the end of it. And I think that is, that's the beauty of it is when you're in the final 15 minutes and Phil gives that awesome speech and Rita's like, do you want to get a cup of coffee? He's like, I'd love to, but I need to go run some errands. And he realizes that it's not about him and he just has to do the good. I think that's really heartwarming and I think, I'm a true believer in that, that, you know, a little kindness can go a very long way. And I do believe in in the good of the majority of people. It's just uh, sometimes it takes 10 years to <laughs> develop. So um, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind being in this situation for like a
0: couple months just so I could be a little <laughs> a little, a little nicer. So
1: sure. I, I try uh, really
0: hard to be nice, man. I, I want to I want to be nice. I want to be generous and I just want to do everything I can to make sure that I did everything in my ability to help somebody out, and it's exhausting. Oh it is God, exhausting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! And on the plus side, you sleep, you sleep very well at night. I'm not gonna lie.
0: But you know, you mentioned you know it not being like ridiculously funny. Can you take a guess at what my favorite line in this movie is? Mm. Is it when the mayor says? Shoot for the head, don't don't hit the groundhog.
1: <laughs> that is pretty funny, but no, that's not it. It's when the old ladies are in the car and they on oh. a flat tire, <laughs> yeah, and the one yeah. lady goes, "You totaled it." <laughs> it's what? Like, What's my favorite line? I because it's like it's such an exaggeration, but I can just picture like my mom and and her <laughs> sisters and my grandma in a car, and they're getting a the flat tire, and then one of them saying, "You totaled it."
2: <laughs> i like the random michael shannon cameo and he's like wrestlemania oh,
1: right. tickets <laughs> <laughs> yeah and
2: then oh, when, man, he ki- when,
1: he, yeah, when he kisses, kisses rita <laughs> oh
2: my god it's so funny i i love that part my other favorite part in this is when he's playing the piano and she's like you this is your first lesson he's like yeah did you have any did your parents play music it's like no but my dad was a piano mover <laughs> I <thought that laughs> was like, really yeah, so. funny.
1: <laughs> i thought that was really funny
2: yeah Uh, yeah. i mean there's there's little nuggets and of course i mean you have to like bill murray's comedy and and like you said he's just he's dry and he's just sardonic and he just (laughs) so um but i mean i I really like bill murray my buddy matt is a huge bill murray fan he like loves what about bob i mean he'll he'll watch anything that he's
0: in so i like what about bob the um do you have a weatherman do you or a weather person do you tune into the news to watch the weather person. That's such uh, well, a dated thing, right?
2: I know. When I was younger, it was Steve Poole, but he has since retired, I think. Um, I don't watch the weather. I just check my app on my phone and I'm my own weatherman, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's such a thing of the past now. Yeah. Well, and so this, you know, we just talked about how funny this movie is or lack of funny, but despite the movie's hilarious nature, uh, is there some positivity that can come from the idea of enjoying every day and, and just living like you were dying? Do you believe in this mentality of living like you were dying? And also, like, do you live by it?
0: Ooh, um, so I, I don't. I guess that the correct answer for me would be no, I don't. Uh, like seize the day open the gates and seize the day for all you Carpe use these diem. Like. yeah exactly um no i i definitely enjoy every moment i am alive and awake but i don't you know i don't i'm not like a thrill seeker i'm not a i'm i'm not like yes man where someone says hey let's go jump out of an airplane i'll be like all right yeah let's do it you know like i'm not gonna that's not who i am but when i wake up i smile and i'm excited to be alive and i'm eager for what opportunities await and i want to make it a great day you know i don't i don't sit around and be mopey unless something horrible happened and i'm trying to find a way to deal with it but i wake up each day excited for what opportunity exists if that helps yeah for sure
2: and i so i think it's kind of a, I kind of set a trap for you there but i really think it's bullshit when people say like i'm living like i'm dying um because that's not, I don't think you really can. There will always be things that you maybe do or don't want to do. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff I have on my, and I hate the term, but bucket list. There's a lot of stuff I have on my bucket list, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But one, one good thing that I have done, I'm, I'm like a yes man. And I did learn a, a while back, like when I first moved to Seattle, um, just to start saying yes to opportunities and to make new friends and maybe go above and beyond and, and, and talk to somebody who you maybe not would have talked to you at work uh, or yeah, pick up pick up a certain hobby that you've always kind of been interested in or, or maybe haven't you know batted an eye at and uh, oh boom now you love it most of my hobbies have come from just saying yes so that's really cool and so in a certain sense I guess I, I live every day to to the fullest but I do know that I have days that are just me playing Skyrim and <laughs> you know <laughs> Trying, to, see find, the
1: Jarl over there.
2: trying yeah, to buy a house from the Jarl, trying to become his thane. We but got it,
1: Baltic and we got Mediterranean <laughs> Avenue. There.
2: So, I mean, I, I believe in the mentality, but I think it can be harmful at a certain time, too, because when people don't realize when they, they look at the bigger picture and they and, and they. I'm sorry, not the bigger picture. I'm, I'm a fumbling all my words. I apologize. When they try to have these illusions of grandeur and try to do the biggest and boldest things they can, sometimes they forget about the ones around them and, and the people who maybe can't do that or don't want to do that. And I know that my friends, sometimes when I get worked up in my travel and my escapades and whatnot, I need to stop and realize that maybe if I am to downplay someone for not traveling or not doing whatever, I need to stop and think about how they might react to that because maybe they can't travel because they have kids or maybe they can't go hike because they have a foot issue or something. You know what I mean?
1: And and it's it's
2: (laughs) well, and it's just like, it's just like Instagram is such a interesting thing. I mean, I love my Instagram just because it's a way that I can produce, um, images and, and adventures and stuff for, for people not to be showy. I'm not trying to show off. I mean, yeah, I'll do like selfies here and there, but I'm really not trying to show off. It's, it's, it's just so I can show people what I'm doing with my life and, and let them know that it's okay to also love life. And I want to affect change in at least one person a year. That like, That's my goal every year is affect change positively in at least one person a year. And it's really cool when people can vicariously live through your photos and be like, wow, that's a beautiful place. I should go there. And I'm like, dude, yeah, hit me up. I'll let you know about um, like everything you need to know about Ireland or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of went off the rails a little bit there. But, yeah, it just I I do try to enjoy every day that I am alive because a lot of people have it a lot worse. Um, and and I think I need constant reminders of that.
0: But uh, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. So, sure. And, yeah. and no two people are the same. I mean, you enjoy camping and going out into the wilderness. And I'm like... Fuck that dude. I'll go to Motel 6 if I want to go camping. <laughs> and
2: Denny's. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like uh, I don't I don't get joy from that. And so right. uh you know, I'll do something else, but I don't want to go out camping in the woods and Blair Witch get me. Fuck that out.
2: But you can still that. appreciate like the beauty of that and, and and just like you know, being fortunate to live in, in in an area that I live in, I should say, and you used to live up here where it's like, well, that's so pretty.
0: Like it's just really cool. So. right. Yeah. It's like, look at all them trees. You know how many
1: cool (laughs) buildings we could have if we just chopped all that shit down? Look at all them buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look how fancy you are. Look at all them buttons.
2: (laughs) So, uh, well, Phil, you know, he gets into some pretty wild shenanigans during his, his time loop stuff. He finds love. He learns way too much about the townsfolk. He robs an armored truck and he runs from the cops to name a few of his shenanigans. All of those seem like fun moments, yet in reality, we also have to take the bad with the good. Phil encounters the homeless man who eventually ends up dying that evening. Now, despite his best efforts, Phil must continue on knowing that he will die each night no matter what he does. Very sad moment in the film. It really got to me. Uh, How can a person walk away from a situation like this? And Justin, how would you deal with this?
0: Oh man, that's a tough one. I think, I mean, I I think at the end of the day, you know, you mentioned like the, like the five steps of grief basically. Right. And I think acceptance, you know, at, at some point he accepts that this is just the way it has to be. He doesn't want to accept it, but he does. And it would, it would be really hard, man. I would be just like he is taking him into the diner, getting him a nice warm meal, trying to, to get him out of the cold. Um, and it would be really hard to to deal with that. I'd probably be crying every every night. I yeah. I hate I hate the idea of that it makes me really really sad. And to think that eventually, as the movie goes on, and he's at this big party, while he's rocking out on the piano, is that when the guy's dying out in the street? Like, I, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. He literally just leaves him, right? I mean, he moves on, and that's that's kind of heartbreaking. I don't I don't know how. I would deal with it. I I have to assume that I would try everything that I could over and over and over again. And, you know, when that, when the, I don't know if it's a doctor or, or a nurse, someone says, you know, sometimes it's just people's time to go. Yeah. And that's really hard to accept sometimes.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, totally. It's, 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 you you always want to, like, we, we strive for answers and we strive for a way of maybe if I did this or maybe if this would have happened. I mean, this is a a good example of he tried everything. And I think, um, I'm reading, it's, this is anecdotal, but I'm reading stuff that said uh, there was about 25 different days that he tried to save him. And so, you know, I mean, they show him doing CPR and everything, but some people just die. And I think that that is his acceptance of that is, Yeah, like give him money or give him food or something, but just showing him that little bit of kindness maybe was enough to to help for that day. And unfortunately, you just kind of have to take the cards that are dealt with you. I know that's a really kind of morbid thing to say, but there's not much else he can do. He's tried it. So I I would kind of be in the same way, you know, jazzing it up in the in the club, just trying to remain happy, at least knowing that or trying to keep your mind occupied, I should say, because it was probably in the back of his mind for sure. But you got to keep yourself occupied. So that's how you can uh, not be so sad. Sure. Yeah. Um, Harold Ramis. Have you heard of him? Do you know about this guy? Uh, Yeah. He's a, you know, he was a living legend. Uh, Very, very sad about his untimely death in 2014. I think he was only like 69, maybe? He was. Yeah, 69. Gosh. That's way Crazy. too young still. So, um, you know, the man presented us with some of the most iconic films and characters of the last 50 years. Justin, what are some of your favorite moments, characters, movies from Mr. Ramus?
0: My favorite Harold Ramis moment ever is in Ghostbusters 2, when they're in the courthouse and they decide to put on their Proton packs and and handle the business and they go, Do Ray. <laughs> he goes, be gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is so fucking funny. <laughs> Holy shit, I love that. And when... Um, it all In the first Ghostbusters, when
0: Lewis is being experimented on it, because the police
1: drop him off and uh, Janine's like, do you want some coffee? And he's like, I don't know, do you want some coffee? And Egon's like, yes, have some. <laughs> then Lewis's like, yes, have some. Holy <laughs> shit, those two moments just make me laugh so much.
0: God yeah. damn, I miss Harold Ramis. He was so... Funny. and um i think even in the movie stripes i don't know if you ever saw that no really I, I know stripes what it is
2: too. i just never watched it
0: yeah it's great
2: yeah i mean caddyshack is we whenever i golf i quote caddyshack almost every time i mean it's 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 inevitable both matt and i we were just quoting that like the entire time it's so goddamn funny so i got that going for me
0: but right. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. i think that movie is just a modern classic and the same thing with like uh, national lampoon's vacation there's it's hard to not find a reference from that movie in in a lot of like modern pop culture or whatever, right? But uh, yeah, Groundhog Day is one of his is one of his best gifts. And Multiplicity, I think, is is one of his underdogs. That's a, a lesser known amazing film that he directed. And he did some episodes of The Office, too. So the man the man knew comedy and uh well, he's greatly missed um, in terms of an actor. Yeah, sure. I mean, Ghostbusters, he's incredible. And then I, I just like all of his cameos and things. He has a lot of little cameos in stuff. And I, he always plays like a doctor for some reason. But he's good. Um, I, you know, his son. Is it his son? No, that's, that's Ivan Reitman's son. Never mind. But uh, yeah, very, very sad to hear him. It uh, makes me want to watch Ghostbusters again, actually.
0: Right. Yeah, the fun thing about Multiplicity is, you know, that was in 96. It was the summer of 96. And that same time is when they cloned that sheep uh, Dolly, you know, mm-hmm. if you remember that in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And it was all in the news that they were trying to do this and cloning was going to be a thing. And then fucking like, you know, six months later, they all of a sudden there's this, there's this movie. <laughs> you know, like, oh man, it's like, check out this cloning thing. This is real. <laughs> Whenever we got, we got
1: four Michael Keatons. This is incredible.
2: <laughs> it's too many Michael Keatons for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but miss him uh but he uh he presented us with this awesome gift that we can talk about on our amazing podcast so um yeah man i mean that's all i really have to say about uh groundhog day um my favorite like i was saying my favorite moment from this movie was probably uh when he oh man what would be my favorite I don't know i don't really know if i have a
1: favorite i are when chris elliott is like dancing and then he goes to put his arm around the girl yeah. and then she <laughs> pushes him away. or when he leaves the tip and then when she looks away he grabs the money back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's what an so, asshole.
2: He, he's so funny i love chris elliott he is hilarious and in Shit's creek he's like the exact same character yeah. oh god he's rolling he's, shit. rolling shit yeah <laughs> so freaking funny But uh, yeah, I I agree. So, uh, what are your what's your letter grade and final thoughts on Groundhog Day? For a comedy, I give it an A.
0: I think it's absolutely hysterical, and it's it's yeah, it's 1993. But when I watch it, I it feels very uh like timeless. Like, I mean, I get that it's it's very 90s, and and that's fine. But when I watch it, I immediately just teleport back to 1993. So it's like the first time watching it all over again. I absolutely love it and I adore it. And so it's an A for me. Cool.
2: Yeah. And I think so. I mean, as a, as a movie as a whole, it's probably like a B plus for me. But as a comedy, it's probably a, even lower than that. Actually, it's probably like a a B minus. Um, I was laughing. I just I, maybe I thought it was funnier when I was younger, but I really like this movie. Um, it's just maybe not top tier A for me. But yeah, this is definitely a good movie. There's there's no doubt about that. But I think it's a B plus for me. So I'm not Mr. Whatever. Two out of four stars that he gave. Uh, you're I'm, pretty close. I'm 88 percent, bro. That's pretty high. <laughs> There's a good chances, brah. So, um, yeah, that's it. That would be a waste of time. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Uh, Want me to take us home tonight? Yeah, bring this tugboat ashore. Gotta. Uh, okay. So thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DB Crazy Pod. Uh, Justin has a Twitter. It is Edgy Armo. Um, <laughs> Race Wars. Holy <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. We need to oh, be ready. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> and uh, <This> fast. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry, that was that was a fast and the furious quote. Not to be confused with anything else. And, uh, and then I have a Twitter. It is ZachDale60. You can uh, share your thoughts with us, and we will discuss them on our show. We have a lot of awesome comments and feedback from friends and family and fans. Triple F. And uh, it's been great. So thank you. Keep them coming. Um, you can uh, – let's see. I just said that. You can tell us what we should watch for our next episode. Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. Uh, a lot of fun. They just talk about a lot of geekiness, and it is Great. And then as well as a pixelated podcast with Stephen K. James. And all they do is talk about Skyrim. It's fantastic. So just please remember, don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. You're the best.